0: Welcome to the second season of Alternative Parenting Podcast, where we learn how to guide our kids to find their own path while supporting them in cultivating traits that will empower them to live a life of fulfillment, meaning, and satisfaction. I'm your host, Efrat Amira. Hello again. Welcome to our third episode. Today, I want to give you Powerful knowledge that will help you make sense of your children's behavior and may clarify some struggles you are having in your parenting. In the first episode, I talked about how making our kids feel seen supports the establishment of a secure attachment. In this episode, you will learn a way to practically do exactly that. I hear all the time frustrated, well-meaning parents respond to their children in a way that is not age-appropriate. Trying to talk reason with a four-year-old will leave you feel defeated and expecting a toddler to calm down from his tantrum will just make things escalate. Today, I want to talk about some guidelines in childhood development that will help you better understand your child's behavior and will give you a better perspective on how to respond to them in a way that will be more effective and fruitful. These are guidelines. This means that each one is an individual. And just like we all start to walk and talk at different timelines, our brain development is personal. I also want to stress that us as caregivers have a huge effect on the brain development of our children. I will discuss that in more depth in future episodes, but today I will focus on the basic understanding of these development guidelines. I'm not going to talk about the physical aspect of development, but rather the emotional mental aspect. Baby humans are the least developed from all other species when we are born. Most of our brain develops outside of the womb. A newborn brain is only 25% of an adult brain, and it takes the first 25 years of our lives for our brain to develop to its full capacity. The information I will talk about today is taken from the Jai Institute for Parenting. Our brain develops from the inside out and from bottom up. The first thing to develop is our lower brain. This part is in charge of our basic survival functions. So, the focus in the first 2-3 years of life is the physical coordination, learning to move and control the body, creating attachment bonds with the caregivers, and in this stage there is very limited ability to self-soothe. Starting in age 3 and can fully develop by ages 7-12, to 12, The middle part of the brain develops. This part is in charge of emotional regulation and impulse control. This means that in these ages, soothing still depends a lot on co-regulation and the development of the ability to self-soothe will start to develop only if there is consistent warmth, empathy, modeling, and compassion. In addition, in these ages, our belief system is formed, and this belief system will be our lens through which we will understand and perceive the world for the rest of our lives. Bruce Lipton talks about our brains as being in a like hypnotic state until age 7. In this state, we download behaviors by observing our environment. The information we take from our environment becomes like a program that runs our mind through the rest of our life unless we deliberately change it. The implication of that is that life-enhancing beliefs are formed when the system feels safe and calm. Limiting beliefs are formed when the system does not feel safe and the brain is stuck in stress, fear, aggression, and shame. Beginning only at age 7, the prefrontal cortex starts to develop. And I find this very mind-blowing. It doesn't fully develop till our mid-20s. This part is the higher part of the brain that is in charge of... Listen carefully to this list. Foresight and consideration of the future. Understanding of cause and effect. Problem-solving strategies. Organizing thoughts. Inhibiting aggressive and violent behavior. Impulse control and delayed gratification. Emotional self-regulation. Psychological flexibility. Focusing attention. Understanding reasoning. Ability to follow directions with clarity. Ability to follow multiple sequence directions. Ability to regularly understand hypothetical reasoning. Empathize and truly understand how our actions impact others. Now, when you think about it, not every adult has these functions working well. So, it makes no sense that we expect our children to show these very mature qualities in their behavior. So, what are the implications of this knowledge? How can we set our expectations according to our children's brain development? Something that really stands in our way as parents is having the wrong assumptions. Many times we assume that our children are not following our orders deliberately. They are being disrespectful, they are doing it on purpose, they are trying to get our attention, and so on. The problem with these assumptions is that they trigger us. They make us angry and frustrated. They enrage us, and on top of all, they are not true. Our kids are just living their life. They are living in the moment, they are curious, they want to learn, they want to grow, and most of all, they are seeking our love and acceptance. I want to give you a few examples from my home because I have one child in each of these age ranges. I have an almost two-year-old, a five-year-old, and a nine-year-old. So let's take, for example, following orders. With my eldest, it's simple. We need to go somewhere, I ask him to get ready, get water and a snack, and that's it. With my 5-year-old, if he's in the middle of doing something else, there is no way that he would stop what he's doing and get dressed. Me expecting that will just lead to a lot of frustration. The reason he cannot do this is because he lives completely in the moment. He has very limited ability to follow directions, inability to delay gratification and consider the future. In this case, us needing to get somewhere on time. So if I want him to get ready, I have to be very much involved in the process, engaging him through connection and preferably play. This can look like something like this. Hey, Oren, what's up? What are you up to? That looks like so much fun. Well, why don't we take our Legos upstairs with us so they can pick up the clothes that you're wearing for school today? I try to connect to him through the language that he understands, the language of connection and the language of play. Reason won't help here. Another example is making them stop in unwanted behavior. They all like throwing rocks. I get it. It's fun. Especially if they splash into the water. But you can't always throw rocks because it can be dangerous if other people are around. If I want my toddler to stop, I can't just tell him to stop and expect him to follow my order. He is living completely in his body. He is enjoying every moment of this, feeling his strength, hearing the sound of the splash. This is so exhilarating for him that me saying stop will just not go through. I need to remove him from the situation if I want him to stop. I will do this empathically, but firmly. I will say something like, this looks like so much fun. I can see how far you're throwing these rocks, but we need to stop right now because we have other people around. With my five-year-old, it's also going to be tricky. He's also enjoying himself so much and still not able to control his impulses, so I will have to guide him to stop. That can look like going close to him, connecting with him by saying, I see you're having so much fun throwing these rocks, aren't you? But I'm sorry, honey, I need you to stop right now because there are other people here and they can get hurt. Would you like to go throw rocks in another area or let's find something else fun to do? With my oldest, it will be simply to get his attention to the fact that there are other people in the water and he will understand by himself that he needs to stop what he is doing. I'm sure some of you have questions about this and I would love to hear them and get the conversation started about it in my Facebook group. So if you haven't joined yet, be sure to join Marsupial Mamas on Facebook. I hope this understanding of the emotional-mental aspect of children's development helps you make sense of your day-to-day struggles. When we set boundaries according to our children's brain development in mind, we can be more mindful of the way we set our limits and expectations. But inevitably, big feelings will come up. So how do we deal with that? That is going to be the topic of our next episode, so stay tuned and we'll talk again next week. this episode and was inspired to make small shifts in your parenting that will support your kids to bring forth their full potential while living a life of ease and well-being. To support the show, please make sure to subscribe and rate the show. Leaving a comment can be very helpful in promoting the show on the podcast platform. If you think that this can benefit other parents, please share this podcast with them. I invite you also to follow my Instagram account, Alternative Parenting Coach, and join my private Facebook group, Alternative Parenting, where I would love to hear your thoughts about the episode, what you learned, what inspired you, or what you didn't agree with. Your feedback is extremely valuable to me, as we are all in this process together, living, learning, and evolving. Thank you again, and I'll talk to you soon.